right, welcome back to another episode of Talking About Coaching. Um, here, here we are again with Yannick and Nikki. Hello. Hi. Um, today's question is, um, I heard about group coaching. What is that about? <laughs> All right. Cool question. Yeah, it is very open. Um, I do come across some form of that question a lot these days. Uh, group coaching is growing and growing. Um, and a lot of coaches are super interested in what's that about. Um, it seems to be an umbrella term for such a huge range of practices. Um, I remember when I was teaching at uni, somebody, one of my colleagues ran a, a module on group coaching and asked me to come in for uh, for the examination part just as, a, as an external. Um, and uh, I looked into that a bit at the time. And academically, there's so many different ways of defining it. Mm. Uh, often it's just people from a group coaching each other. And nobody's actually a coach. And I'm like, huh, interesting definition of group coaching. Um, then there is working with groups, facilitating groups, but with a coaching attitude, so to speak. Hmm. Um, so you you create a goal for the group uh, or you you, uh, you know, characterize by active listening and by asking questions. But then there's also, as there's so many different coaching styles, there's also a million different facilitation styles or group coaching styles. So it could also be a coach um, working with individuals in the group and then bringing the group together. Um, there's huge differences in what the size of a group might be, uh, different approaches to facilitating learning in groups. What then makes that coaching rather than just facilitating a group? So there's, you know, leadership teams might have a different approach to working with them than, uh, I don't know, a book club or a group of, uh, you know, uh, people who just enter HR. Um, what about the life coaching space? Can there be people coming together as groups? Mm. And so it, it's complex. There's complex dynamics going on in groups. And I think uh, coaches are interested in that because, it's more, it's somewhat scalable, right? You can have open groups depending on the format and the structure. The groups can be quite big. Uh, they're more affordable. Um, sometimes, I mean, they can be more interesting to people because there's different perspectives. We have sort of co-coaches in the group who ask questions, you know, or who offer feedback. So it's really interesting space that isn't very well defined. So I, I, if somebody says, what's group coaching about? I, I wouldn't have an answer that can be summed up in a sentence. Uh, that's that's where I'm at at the moment. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's a really interesting intro. I guess my um, my experience with group coaching is is very limited, but it's like you were saying, you know, I'm definitely one of those people who's very interested in it. I like that from my, from my very small exposure to group coaching, I really like the communal aspect that I experienced when, when we tried that. Um, but what you just explained, like the range of different options, I'd be really curious to, to learn more about that. Um, I can just give a little uh, example of the what we actually did was during the Animas training, um, which a lot of us are familiar with. Um, we did an exercise in which there was one person who was kind of the coach facilitator and then we were a small group, say, of four or five people. Uh, and the way that one was run was the that one person in the group would bring a question and kind of offer it to the group. And the, the person who's coaching would have previously kind of explained to the group 
the format and like how we're going to interact. And then basically the person in, in the hot seat would share kind of their problem. And collectively as a group, there would be five minutes for the group to engage and kind of coach that individual as a collective on their problem that they've brought to the group. Um, and the people I spoke to about it in hindsight found that it was a really powerful experience from them and they really benefited from the different perspective and insights, new kind of perspectives on their situation that they gained. So I think, you know, the wisdom of the collective is a really powerful and inspiring way of in engaging with problems in a new way beyond the one-to-one -one format in coaching. Thank you, Sivas. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm happy to give it some time to think. You know, we're we're a group here. Oh, no, it's, it's good. I mean, you, you you mentioned you mentioned a lot of things. I think. Um, okay. Um, I, I've experimented with a lot of different groups, right? Um, and and again, you know, it started with making coaching more affordable, mm -hmm. right? You know, actually thinking about okay, well. How can I, you know, there are people that can't afford my 101. So how can I make it more affordable? Well, let's, you know, divide the price by, you know, if, if I, I think the first time I did it, my 101 was like, this is like five years ago, it was 3000 and the first group was 500 per person or something. Right. And then we experimented with six people and my experience with group has been great because um, you can do so much. You mentioned a few things already. What I personally do in groups, right? I create a, a space where one person gets coached at a time. But again, you know, we, we've set up a, a container where we ask everyone, we invite everyone to be really present. And, and we can we tell them they can be present in two ways. They can be present as a client. So while someone else is getting coached, they can get coached, mm -hmm. right? Because they have similar problems. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you can be present as a coach. And again, of course, that's not for, that's if, if you are, if you run a group, like we run groups of coaches, right? So they can also get a lot from the context. Um, can I, and this, you can, can probably do this with leaders as well, right? Because, you know, usually we can, we all have wisdom. We all have things to add, right? Mm -hmm. We can all, all ask questions. Ooh. So there, there's a, I think that, there's a baby in the background. <laughs> is that you, Nikki? <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm Lots of life. <laughs> My children are getting humped in the background. <laughs> but uh, yeah, groups groups can be really fun. And and over time, actually, for me, it's, I think a lot of the a lot of time when I hear coaches starting a group, they say like, "Oh, I want to have a more affordable option." And I don't think that's the the only thing because I run actually groups right now that are more expensive than my 101 used to be two, two three years ago right so groups don't need to be about affordability because you can create groups that are really powerful that create a, a space for people to come together and again you know we can create groups for I've, i know people that have groups for parenting for parents for for kids for entrepreneurs so the groups can be created with a lot of different purposes and i think that's what makes it also really interesting because there's a lot of benefit of just being in a group right you learn a lot from just you know being in that environment yeah and i i think it, it can start from that affordability right um 
there's so much more value in the group than making it more affordable. The collective experience that's in the group like that is tremendous. But I think what makes the key difference here is the focus of the group, the why of the group. Why is this group coming together? And that's why, for example, I work with what 12 groups now uh, as supervision groups. So they are coaches that are coming all with a shared agenda, right? To be better coaches or to maintain professional standards or to grow their business or whatever the theme of that particular group is. You know, some uh, want to focus particularly on building positive psychology into their coaching, for example. So they all have a shared uh, why there. They all have a shared agenda. Life coaching groups can also have that. For example, if there's, you know, five people who all want to build their confidence, mm. it can be hugely complex what contributes to their confidence. So I think the more focused the group is in terms of what the agenda of the group is, if it's five people coming together, they all want to double their income and they all work in the same industry, or they're all in leadership positions of a particular sized company in the same area, then they... They share a lot that they already have in common, even though all of their contexts are quite unique. They share enough that they're all working towards the same thing. And if somebody's in the hot seat or presents something that's going on for them personally, chances are the others will resonate with that. Hmm. And yeah. that's something that probably surprised me most, that whenever somebody's not presenting, they're getting so much out of it. Even if they come in and they wanted to present something and maybe it wasn't time for them to present, um, then they always get so much out of it because you put an intention and then you listen from that perspective. So the what the group is bringing together in terms of experience, in terms of knowledge, in terms of um, different ways of doing things where I might not put a suggestion for it, maybe other people in the group would be quite happy to say, this is something that really worked for me, you know? And so there is a practical experience in that group and they they tend to work better when people to a certain extent, share why they're there. Hmm. Yeah, something else um, that just came to my mind about group coaching and what makes it, I think, special um, is the kind of the dynamic or the, the kind of the community that's created and kind of the empowerment and support that that provides to people within the group. That's kind of that context and that setting. I think that on its own can already be so empowering and beneficial for people to have that community with whom they share something and, and that connection, but also that sense of working together towards something and that mm. support that comes from oh, there. It's, it's so huge. encouraging. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. huge. The support that people get from these groups, also something that are underestimated in the beginning. Mm. Um, people have that, I mean, just a sheer accountability to the group. That already helps, but like the support, the the space that is being held in a group that is set up well, I, I should add, mm. you know, because groups can also bring up competition, envy, jealousy, being irritated, you know, mm. not feeling safe because you're in a group, especially if it's people who uh, are like, for example, if it's people who work in a sim in the same company there tends to be uh, some competition going on. There tend to be some dynamics that you as a facilitator, as a coach, have no idea about. Mm. And they tend to come in the group, which is super helpful in a, in a, if you pick up on some of those dynamics and you put them on the table and you start working with that. But it's mm. super in the way if you're trying to focus on, on something and these dynamics are just in the way. 
So I think uh, what your approach is to working with groups is going to come in uh, super importantly. Mm -hmm. Like being able to pick up on group dynamics and put them on the table to work with them in a constructive way rather than in a way that creates conflict. We can't shy away from conflict when we work with groups. It's always going to show up in some way or another. Mm-hmm. So like with my coaching groups, for example, there tend to be coaches that come, they don't know each other. They come from very different areas. So when you have a group that's working together that already know each other and they see each other outside of the coaching space, you know, that, that creates that adds something different into it. Mm. And then it becomes a less safe space in some way. People might not open up so much and show up vulnerable as they would if it was one-to-one or if it was with a group of strangers where confidentiality is well contracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's crucial that, that the container, the safety created within the container. Mm. So I have experience where people would message me separately saying, hey, I, I don't feel, you know, comfortable sharing this in the group and and then i realized like hey i need to improve the the container that i've created Mm -hmm. now we we get people to share pretty much everything and it's just beautiful because it's just such a safe container and people hold space for each other wow you know and having said that i think you know my invitation is not just to the person that asked this group uh, this question uh, about the group but actually to coaches just to experience different groups so I've been part of groups where people just came together because it was like a, a retreat for a man, right? And, and people were sharing things, you know, one person had problems and challenges around anger, the other person had challenges around divorce and they were completely different topics, right? But the only common thing we had, we were all men. And I've had groups like that where we were all entrepreneurs, right? Or, you know, I've been part of supervision groups. And again, I think sometimes just coming together like that, it can really open up. It can open up like, um, I, I've, I've seen that I got a lot out of it. And from just being part of these different groups, it opened up a lot of ideas for me in terms of running my own groups. You know, I've been, I'm not going to mention any name, but I've been part of a group with very famous coaches that seemed really, really incredible. And, and it was just really poor. The coaching was very poor. Um, well, let's not say the coaching was poor, but the way they they created the group. And a lot of that feedback was like, hey, we're not getting much coaching. Like there were like 30, 40 people in the group and every person was getting like two, three minutes, right? And I, I learned a lot from that because the investment was really big for that group, right? I learned from that what not to do. So often you, you, know, you join other groups and you learn from that, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I think... There's so much, so much benefit. And I think also there's this whole thing in, in the coaching world around that a one-on-one is, is more powerful than group or one-on-one is better than group. I don't think that one or the other is more powerful or more better. It's really about what you create, mm. right? It's, it's about that safety that you can create within the group. You know, group has a lot of benefits that the one-on-one coaching cannot bring. And of course, one-on-one has some things that group cannot, that it's a bit hard to create within a group but it doesn't need to be one or the other. And I think it's also a skill, right? Often, you know, coaches spend hours, like hundreds of hours, thousands of hours doing one-on-one. And, you know, with group, you need to also give yourself time and space to develop that skill to really yeah. become good at group coaching. Oh, yeah. the Like, it took me ages for me to start my first group. And at some point, because I, I was waiting for me to kind of, 
get it <laughs> and understand yeah. it and have learned enough. And I really want to underline that, Sivash. Uh, it's like it's it's a lot of learning by doing, and the safest way of learning by doing is to be part of a group and not to facilitate it. You know, and once you kind of understood the experience of being in a group and maybe uh, find a group where people also share their experience, because it's rarer than you might think, you know, uh, where the facilitator actually does a really good check-in, a really good grounding, invites feedback, has conversations about how people feel inside the group, picks up certain moments within the group that they're curious about, how people felt about it, how sharing how they feel about it. You know, there's uh, there's so much to learn from being in a group as a participant. Mm. Um, and then at some point, you just like, I just decided to just start one. And if I get one person, then it's going to be really affordable one-to-one -one coaching for them. They probably wouldn't mind. Uh, and if we have two people, it's a group, mm. right? And I decided that if I get more than four, I'll start another group. And so they're from there on a group. Um, and for me, four people just works, but it depends on how much time you the sessions are, uh, how many, how much time the slots are that you give to each. Or there's other formats like uh, uh, bail-in sessions where somebody presents something and then they turn the camera off or they turn their chair around, um, and then the rest of the group kind of discusses what they've just heard, you know. And the other person cannot participate in that, and then they come back and they share some reflections. Hmm. Super interesting process. Um, there's so many other processes like uh, world cafes or um, creative sessions using cards or constellations. Um, you can have a conversation as a group conversation about a, a general topic or theme. Um, generally, I think the more, um, the more people know what their role is within the group, the more safety you create. And um, I, I think it's a matter of, well, where do I go to get inspired to learn more about this? to understand some of the things that are happening, but then uh, to go out and actually try to apply some of that, run a practice group, you know, offer it for half price or for free, experiment with some stuff so that the group knows you're experimenting with some stuff. You know, that's, I think that's, that's good. Um, just to drop a few names, uh, Christine Thornton wrote a good book from a psychodynamic perspective about working, coaching groups and working with groups. Um, Peter Hawkins, uh, David Clutterbuck, they do a lot around team coaching at the moment. Um, there's plenty of other sources if you go research uh, that can be really, uh, really inspiring that open a lot of doors into how, where you can learn more about this stuff. So um, there's, yeah, go, 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 nice. go do it. If there's some group coaches out there at the moment, I'd, I'd love to hear what other people are already doing or what works for them because it's something that, uh, it, I do in terms of the supervision work, but I would love to do more groups in kind of the, the life coaching work. And I haven't started one. And I think mainly it was because of that uh, huge variety of what people might bring. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to be important to me. Now that I hear Sivar speak, maybe, you know, in, in the context of the men's group, maybe it doesn't need to be. Maybe people can talk about, I don't know, big existential questions and they all have their own and they're all quite different. But just coming together in a space where you want to discuss some of this can be pretty helpful. Mm. So, yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool and really informative and has given me lots of inspiration. Um, you know, what would be cool, I don't know if we have time for it today. Um, but yeah, and I got a little bit of, of inspiration already on how to get started. But, you know, for someone who is interested in, in group coaching, you know, you already said being part of a group is a great idea to get more experience, but like 
what would be maybe a very accessible format of group coaching to start easing yourself into it with if you guys have any ideas so my my standard format with all of the groups i'm running is we meet uh, 90 minutes and there's two half hour slots which leaves enough time to kind of check in ground ourselves maybe bring something that's present Sometimes there's a bit of a conversation already about something that just, you know, um, come up, comes up. So we have a bit of flexibility in the beginning to have a conversation. But, uh, you know, um, 20 minutes in um, at the latest, I usually start a slot. So it's four people per group because I wanted to two slots so that nobody has to wait, can't present more than two months in a row. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, if you if you don't have time this time, you'll have time next time. And then in that half hour, it's it usually becomes quite a fluid conversation between the group with the focus on one person who's sitting in the spotlight, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I often in the beginning take a bit of a lead in exploring, in facilitating, in you know, having that conversation. And I might stop at certain moments and invite input from the group, observations, comments, questions, you know, anything that might help the person in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um always invite that person in the spotlight. If there's something that you want to create in this half an hour, let us know. But we also can have a conversation. We can see where this is going. You know, um, reminds me of that uh, earlier episode that we've had around a clear goal or maybe just see what emerges. And it's about, it's about 50-50 perhaps. Um, and then, yes, with time, as the group grows together more, uh, I ask for three months minimum commitment. I might do more of that. Uh, we'll see how that evolves. But the more the group works together, the more they know how to use this space mm-hmm. and the better the groups work together. So, uh, and then we have what at least like, uh, I try to have at least 10 minutes at the end uh, to kind of just check in. Mm-hmm. What could we do more of, less of, differently? What was that moment like for you? I felt something when you were talking about this, but it didn't feel appropriate to ask the question, but I got so curious, you know, Mm -hmm. I saw something happening in your face. I don't know, Maria. Um, And uh, you know, what was that about? (laughs) I got curious or I got irritated when I heard you speak, you know, which usually doesn't happen. I wonder what that was about. So there's some space at the end to kind of uh, look at dynamics and also just logistics of, you know, when are we meeting next, et cetera. That's That's kind of my standard format. Hmm. Thanks, Yannick. Awesome. Sivas, do you have a standard format for, for the groups that you are running? Or? Um, yeah, I run two, two types of groups. So one is a group that's ongoing. So people can join at any time. And then there's a group that I usually run once a year where it's only available for six people. And once we, we have a start date, for example, one starts in May, and then we close the door for a year. And then we start again next year. And so usually for people that start out with groups, I would recommend a second way. You choose a date at three, four months into the future and, and you start promoting it. And if, for example, you say, okay, I'm going to work with four people or six people and we're going to start in October. And, and the cool thing is, you know, and, and this is something I learned from Rich Litvin and it works really well is the first person that signs up, they, they start getting one-on-one coaching, for example, twice a month until the group starts mm. the second person that joins they can they they're part of a group of two and so we have three four months to fill the group and then we close the doors in october and that's when we create this the container so mm. initially there are some agreements created there are some 
you know, the, the container is being created one person at a time. But the moment the, the group officially starts, we set up the container properly because then the doors close, everyone is in. And this uh, takes a bit of pressure off the coach because, you know, you can actually start enrolling people and it, there's an incentive for people to sign up quickly because they get more time with you. This is something that I've seen also Steve Chandler do. So his school would start once a year and he would open the door six months in advance. So, you know, if you join early, you get a lot of bonus sessions. Mm. Again, this, this, this might not like work for everyone, depending on your schedule, but it's a great way to actually take a bit of pressure of yourself. I think one of the mistakes coaches, coaches make is they, they say, I'm going to start a group in four weeks and they like, Mm. try to just force it so giving yourself three four months time makes it a bit easier to just have conversations yeah. with people mm. to, you know to promote it in different ways that's nice yeah, yeah. i like that see, see and uh that's so interesting right because i like to start with a group together so they all contract together they all get to know each other there's you know the first session tends to be all introductions creating the space together and you wouldn't have that in that way you know but at the same time i can totally see how that really works in dynamics is interesting because then there's going to be someone who's been there the longest and then other people join in later, which kind of has an impact on how they feel in the group. Um, but I see the practical benefits of this and in practice, it seems to really work well. So. Yeah. In, in a way, like officially they all start together. Right. But you kind of like, you know, some people join the club a bit earlier, mm. yeah. but it's, it's just having, you have to actually, we, in, we introduce people as they come and we set contracts mm -hmm. with every individual. Yeah. And then as a group together, we co-create yeah. the, the agreements. Mm -hmm. and, and again, you know, like that, that's again, it, it's, it's, um, it's practice. It, you know, you, you have to just do it and, and you learn from the experience. Yeah. What works for you and what works for your group members. Yeah, you know? exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Um, all right, I think we've come towards the end of this episode. Let us know in um, wherever you're listening or watching. Let us know. Um, yeah, let us know what your experience is with groups. If you have any questions around groups, you can always come back to this. Any resources? Big topic. Yeah. Thank All you. Right. See you next time. Cool, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Cool. <laughs> I also saw that two-minute warning there from, I don't know, <laughs> 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Good. Okay, well, we can squeeze one more in, can we? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we get 15 more minutes, so that's fine. That's, all right, all right. Uh, Hi, guys. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I preempted there. I'm so excited <laughs> about the question, that's why. <laughs> yeah, no, just before we start, there are two questions in the group in the on Facebook. Um. We'll, we'll take a bit of time after the episode and answer that. I think Imola said, is this for supervision groups or it applies for other groups as well? Yeah, it, oh, might, hey, be a, it might be a bit different for supervision <laughs> groups. I think for some groups, I think it can be quite nice to just have a specific start date and start everyone at the same time. Um, it, it really probably depends on what the purpose of the group is. Like Yannick said, what's yeah. the why of the group? Again, yeah, it, could work, it could work with supervision group that one person starts and then the other comes a month later. But just I think contracting and everything is so important. It's inevitable that uh, with supervision groups or with any groups, unless you stop the group and then the group 
stops when somebody drops out the group is no more <laughs> you know yeah. or you keep the group at smaller numbers chances are you're going to add some people in later on when the group is already established so uh, thinking about it now uh, thanks Imola, for that it, it's always going to happen that you have people joining at different stages you know so um it's just something that the facilitator needs to manage and you know one person comes in even if it's a group with 10 people one person leaves one person joins and it's a different group right? Groups can really change just with like a very small portion of the groups changing or just the times changing. So that's why it's so exciting to work with groups because, you know, it, it always stays fresh. Mm. All right. Cool. cool. Great question. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your commitment to learning and growing as a coach. Just a few things before you go. First of all, we're doing this for you. So if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, do send us a question. Secondly, we're not doing this for profit. So we rely on your support to help us reach as many coaches as we can. So if you can send this episode to a friend or tell a fellow coach uh, about what we're doing here, maybe you can subscribe or leave us a review or even support us on Patreon. Um, that would be amazing. And lastly, you can find us across all major platforms. So uh, whether you like to watch or you like to listen or you like to download episodes and listen to it uh, in your car while you're driving through somewhere with no internet, uh, you can do so too. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you and I hope to see you next time.